going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Jake Podcast. It's been a while. Stepped away for a week for my little vacation that I went on, a friend's vacation, as you will, and uh, down to the Outer Banks, my second time this summer after the brainy trip in early July. So excited to get back to you guys and talk uh, a little NFL, a little vacation podcast, a little Bachelor in Paradise and Hard Knocks recap. A couple things we want to get to in this quickie to start off the NFL season. But I'll start with the Labor Day vacation I was just on. Uh, the reason I didn't deliver episode 60 a week earlier was because of this vacation. It was over a year in the making. Uh, two of my friends, Vin and Serena, happy birthday, Serena, uh, were planning on this for quite some time. They had asked me in the past about the Outer Banks and a possible trip down there, and I was all for it since the get-go. Even got them shirts two years ago when I was down there you know, to motivate them to get the ball going, rolling, and uh, it worked because right after that, Vin jumped on getting a house, got on our friends, and slowly all the friends ended up joining in. We were about like two or three short from the full bunch, but 15 of us went down, uh, seven couples, and our good buddy Patrick. So it, it was a great time. I uh, went to Corolla in the Outer Banks, something I've actually never done. I'm more of the... Kitty Hawk, Kill Devil Hills, Nags Head area when I go down. So it was really cool to go to a different area this time and really experience the Outer Banks in that way. Because uh, even though it was right on the sound and you're close to the beach, you know, it was like a you know six, seven minute walk to the beach from our house. And we were right on the sound, like you could jump into the sound from the little patio behind the house. Even though you had that, it was so much buggier because there was a lot of green, there was a lot of almost like wildlife uh, with like all the spiders and bugs and and midges. Part of that is the temperature and the part of the you know the year we went to the end of the summer, you know, last week of August. So I understand that that's part of it, but it was a little bit different in that regards. But a lot of drinking, a lot of late nights, a lot of having fun. It was a great time. Uh, my girlfriend Samantha introduced a fun game that she and her friends play called werewolf uh, a lot of people know it as mafia or mob or something and everyone has like a role to start the game and it's kind of like an adult version of seven up where it's like a murder mystery meets close your eyes and pick on people it was a lot of fun and we played it for hours one night and uh it really went over well with the group and she knew that it was going to be a hit with my crew knowing that we like to compete and we like to play games and yell at each other and pick on people. So it went over really well, and it's definitely going to be a staple in the group going forward. But outside of the games, you know, uh, Sam and I actually went down to Nags Head and did a whole day down there, and I got to show her where I grew up, you know, going on vacation and got to show her all these places that meant a lot to me. And uh, and, and that was a lot of fun that we got our own little day to ourselves. Shout out to my friend Gabby who cooked for us four days. I don't know why she took that responsibility on, but she really likes cooking. She's a very good cook, and uh, the food came out really well. We got like you know shredded pulled chicken. I uh, did like burgers one night. Did like an Italian night. Did tacos. She did it all for us. And so a big shout out to Gabby who was able to you know round up food for fifteen people on four separate nights. And and then we went out a couple times. Went to, uh, I want to say, Sunset's Grill, which was a lot of fun uh, in Duck, right on the water. Had a couple uh, mixed drinks. One was called a Volcano. It was like meant for two people. I kept my parrot mug and uh, brought that. Now it's sitting at my desk at work. We had it just, just a blast the whole time. Got a nice tan, nice tan to end the summer. So I'm going to show that off when... I go to Cleveland this weekend. That's right. Now that I'm back, Labor Day is over. Labor Day, a great, very underrated holiday because you need it. And it's a Monday holiday, which comes in clutch because if you had to pick a day of the week to take off, it's Monday. You get the four-day week after your vacation instead of before. You also get your Fridays, which Fridays are easy work days anyway. You want to take off Mondays. So that's why Labor Day and Memorial Day are big holidays to me. Uh, and this one came in clutch because I really needed that extra Labor Day after a like 10-day layoff. So really excited. Only got one more day before another three-day weekend. I'm going to Cleveland. We're doing the home opener for the Cleveland Browns. 
I am currently 8-9 and nine in my Cleveland Browns career. One away from 500, and I've never seen them start 1-0. I've seen them win a home opener. I saw them beat the New Orleans Saints a couple years ago on the back of Brian Hoyer and Billy Cundiff. That was pretty great, and uh, I've seen them beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. I've never seen them do a Pittsburgh Steelers win at home to start the season 1-0. Uh, we've had our chances. Last year was one of them where we lost a really tight game, but this year there's just a different vibe. You know, If you were to say one team's offensive line was calling out a running back for not being there, um, <laughs> you would assume that would be the dysfunctional Browns doing that, but instead the Steelers are actually looking a little dysfunctional right now. Meanwhile, the Browns, who have just had hard knocks in town and have always been a bit of contention and source of dysfunction, kind of look like a pretty solid franchise. A lot of people are backing them right now. It would be so cool to start the season 1-0. I'm very excited, fingers crossed, that uh, this is going to go well and that we will go 1-0. That would be something else. It would be a really cool twist. But before I want to get into all my NFL takes... Um, or before I want to get into all the Browns takes, I do want to go over the whole NFL. Tonight is the first game of the year. The Philadelphia Eagles get their Super Bowl rings. They defend against the Atlanta Falcons. Should be a pretty good game. I don't know how much I'm going to watch uh, because I don't really watch many games outside of the Browns uh, unless I'm hanging out with friends, and I don't think I'm hanging out with any friends tonight. So I think it's just a regular night of baseball and then uh, hanging out with my girlfriend later. So... May, might not see a whole lot of the Falcons-Eagles game, but I do want to do my NFL preview in this episode. I'm going to try and make it quick. I'm going to try and get through all the teams in about 20 seconds per team. I think that's the right way to do this. And I, I, you know what? Might as well start right away. I'll jump right into it. Let's go with the NFC East. I'll start off with the Philadelphia Eagles. You know what? No, no, no. We'll do this differently. We'll start off where I'll pick the division by how I think it'll finish out, all right? Okay, let's do this starting now. Okay, last place in the division, I see the Washington Redskins. Now, this isn't a thing about the Redskins. I think they're just in a really tough division. Alex Smith, I think he's going to come in and do just as well as uh, Kirk Cousins, but... It's a tough division. I think they win six to seven games, but still finish bottom in the division. Um, Jay Gruden might be a candidate to get fired this year. Uh, moving along, I go to the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys, I think they regress. They might even be worst in this division. You know what? I am. I'm going to make them the worst. I think they win five games. I don't see them really competing a whole lot on offense. Their offensive line has taken a big bump down, and uh, the defense has never really been anything to marvel at. So I really do think they kind of take a regression. Five wins, just four wins, somewhere around that, just below the Redskins. At second place in the division, I do see the New York Giants making the biggest jump. Uh, last year, everything that could go wrong did go wrong. They have a pretty good defense. They improved their offensive line and they invested in their quarterback by getting a running back. They'll have Odell Beckham back. They'll have Saquon Barkley. They'll have Shepard Ingram. Lots of weapons. If Eli can stay healthy on the field like he always has, I think they can compete for possibly a playoff spot. I see eight to nine wins. And last but not least, I do see the Philadelphia Eagles repeating as division champions. Something that really doesn't happen a whole lot in the NFC East is a repeat division champion, but they are just such a complete team. They've got a great defensive line. They have a, a slew of offensive skill positions that take the burden off the quarterback. When Wentz does come back, I think that's going to be sooner rather than later. I think they will be fine. I see them being a 10-11 win team and repeating as NFC East champions. Now, moving along to the NFC South. One of my favorite picks is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as the worst team in the division. I think they are a dysfunctional franchise. I see Jameis Winston, when he comes back, as being a flawed quarterback. Mike Evans is not a true number one. He might sometimes play as that, but to be honest, he really hasn't shown to be an elite guy. 
Uh, I see them finishing the division at three wins, last in the division, possible first overall pick. Dirk Cutter might get fired. Moving on, a third place in the division, I see the Carolina Panthers. It's just a really tough division. Uh, I do think that they didn't improve where they needed to if they want to compete for division championship. See them more around the 7-8-9 win area, maybe maybe closer to 7-8. Uh, possibly, I know they made the DJ Moore upgrade at wide receiver, which is something they needed to do, but their O-line is still suspect. They traded in Stewart for C.J. Anderson. I, I just don't see them scoring a whole ton of points. Greg Olson is back. D.J. Moore, he's not going to be an A.J. Green or a Julio Jones, someone that comes in immediately and changes your offense. I think I like him a lot, but I just don't see it as a quick fix. And I think their division's really tough. Uh, moving on to second place in the division, I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I think they have some unfinished business. They were very close to winning the Super Bowl two years ago. And then last year, they were very close to beating the Philadelphia Eagles in the playoffs. I see them picking up right where they left off. 10-11 wins and fighting for that division championship with the New Orleans Saints. And I do see the Atlanta Falcons returning in the playoffs. And winning the division, I do have the New Orleans Saints. There's not much to say here. I think they're a very good team, very complete team. Their defense is very underrated. They will have their hands full with the tough schedule this season, but I do like them as a very complete team with the running backs, with the receivers, and their underrated defense. I think they kind of walk through this division with possibly 11-12 wins and uh, maybe even a bye. Moving along to the NFC West. Bottom team I have as the Seattle Seahawks. A Quite the fall from grace, as you've seen Seattle be the cream of the crop in the NFC the last few years. But they are just a different team, and this division is so tough. I think it's going to be the toughest division in football. Now, I do think they are a better team than most of those bottom-feeding teams. Russell Wilson is still there. They still have some of the pieces on defense, but I see them as a 5-6 to six win team and finishing at the bottom. Right above them, though, I do have the Arizona Cardinals. While the Cardinals aren't exactly the most complete team, this David Johnson returning, Larry Fitzgerald still on the top of his game. I would like to see Josh Rosen get some snaps and finally win the starting job at some point this season. And I see them as a 6-7 to seven win team. Probably 5-6, to six, but just above the Seattle Seahawks in the division standings. Number two in the division, I do have the San Francisco 49ers. I have high expectations for them this year. Kyle Shanahan has succeeded at a lot of the places he's gone to. And if you saw and watched them play at the end of the year last year with Jimmy Garoppolo, I do think this is a very good offense. I think they're going to be uh, very – they're going to spread the ball around. They're going to do – it's a very great system – Jimmy Garoppolo has seen seems to already have a good understanding of it, and I think he's a very underrated quarterback. I think the Niners win nine to ten games and make the playoffs. Uh, and then my division champion is obviously the LA Rams. They are going to be the best team in the NFC. I don't even think it's. Uh, I think they win it by like two games, maybe fourteen wins. This is a really good team. Uh, if they can stay healthy, their offensive line is pretty good. Uh, their quarterback is stable, sturdy guy. I like uh, Goff. And then Gurley, obviously, is an MVP candidate. Uh, their defense is full of playmakers, possibly the best in the league. I see them running away with the West and uh, 13 to 14 wins, number one seed in the NFC. Now, if we move north, this is the toughest division for me to pick because I see a lot of competitors in the NFC North. The bottom team I have is the Detroit Lions. Uh, it's just a tough call for me because I do think it's a really tough and competitive division. But if you look at the Lions, you know it's going to be Matt Patricia's first year. Stafford's got all the same pieces he did last year. I think Carryon Johnson will be an improvement at running back, but I still don't think he's going to be the franchise-changing back that they're looking for. Um, you could see... An improvement in the wins, but I I do see them as the final the low the lowest team six wins. Uh, 
third place, I do have the Chicago Bears. I just like the way they're building their team, and obviously the Khalil Mack addition recently changes a whole lot of things. I'd like to see them take a jump in the standings because I really like the way they've built it, and Matt Nagy uh, is going to be successful there. Really excited to watch the Chicago Bears, and I'm going to be kind of rooting for them to uh, surprise some people this year. They have a very basic offense, but I think they kind of like the LA Rams have a lot of options out there. You know, the New Orleans Saints, where they don't lean on one specific playmaker. They have a lot of guys. I think Trey Burton's going to surprise people too. So Chicago Bears, I get six to seven wins, third place in that division. Going up to the number two squad, this is really tough, but I'm going to have the Green Bay Packers uh, finishing slightly slightly behind the Minnesota Vikings. I do think this goes down to the final week of the season and the Packers end up getting 10 wins. Uh, keeping Aaron Rodgers healthy has always been the situation for them. You know, he'll get he's had two shoulder injuries now. He's paid. It's time to keep him healthy. When he's healthy, they're a 12 to 13 win team. When he's not healthy, they are like a four win team. So I'm going to say 10 wins I th if he misses a couple games here. But I do see them, if he's healthy, making the playoffs and getting that second wild card. Um, and then the number one team, I do have the Minnesota Vikings. They are just a very complete team. Much like the Rams, uh, just a very complete team that I could see competing for a Super Bowl. I think the uh, the Vikings win 10-11, to 11-12 games, and win the NFC North. Now, NFC playoffs. I have the Rams as the one seed, the Minnesota Vikings as the two seed, uh, which is similar to the standings were last year, the Eagles being the three seed. I think that'll be a really tight race, that Eagles-Vikings race, and then the Saints being the four seed, uh, and then the wild cards coming in with the Niners. I think the Giants come up a little short. I think the Falcons and Packers will be competing for the last spot, and I think the Packers end up edging out the Falcons. It's a very competitive competitive conference. I could see it going a lot of ways, but I'll see say the Packers and the Niners make the playoffs, and the NFC South, which might be the best division in football, only has one team, the New Orleans Saints, because it's just going to be a really tight race to make the playoffs. Uh, and then in the playoffs... I have the Los Angeles Rams making it to the NFC Championship game. And there they will face the Minnesota Vikings. And I do have the Rams coming out on top. I really want to pick the Vikings. But I think the Rams are going to finish out on top in the NFC and make it to the Super Bowl. Now, let's go over to the AFC. Starting in the AFC East. Last place, I have the Miami Dolphins. I don't see them as really a threat at all. I think they got a lot worse on defense. And in the receiving core, they have a lot of guys that are fringe starters. And I don't really see that helping them. Don't think Kenyon Drake's that exceptional of a runner. And I don't think Ryan Tannehill's that exceptional of a quarterback. I can see them being one of the bottom barrel teams in the AFC three to four wins moving up one spot. I have the Buffalo bills falling out of the playoffs. They chose their, th this because look, they had a playoff team with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. It wasn't a very good offense and they dumped him. And now they're going with Nathan Peterman. Uh, they made a trade for Corey Coleman. They cut him. They now have Kelvin Benjamin, but I don't really see Kelvin Benjamin as a true number one wide receiver. It should be a very, stale offense and I don't think that defense is good enough to get them back to the playoffs I see the Buffalo Bills as a six win team uh, second place in the division I have the New York Jets I think it's a pretty easy pick because the Jets are steadily improving and going in the right direction uh, I, I like Sam Darnold for them for the long run for this year I think they he can get to that seven eight win plateau and uh, they can be looking for the future with him because they're building a, a nice defense. They still have a lot of holes that they want to fill um, at playmakers around Sam Darnold. But for now, I kind of like the way that they're setting up their team. And I think they edge out those other two teams for second place in the East. But of course, 
this is all about the New England Patriots. Uh, I don't see anyone uh, dethroning them while Belichick and Brady are in town. 12, 13 wins, doesn't really matter because they're going to run away with the division. It's really not that close. Let's move down to the AFC South. This is a really fun division for me because I think it's going to be extremely competitive. Last year you had the Texans and Colts right at the bottom, and then you had uh, the Titans and you know the bottom of the conference, and then you had the Titans and the Jaguars make the playoffs. So it should be a very interesting conference or division this year. Uh, in fourth place, I do have the Indianapolis Colts. While I think they will be improved and with a healthy Andrew Luck, it's just too big of a question mark because he hasn't thrown in so long. Uh, he, I know he's been out there and he's throwing now, but once it gets to the real game, we'll see. I do think I really like what they did by improving their offensive line and shaping it around Andrew Luck, but he's a bit of a risk taker. They're going to have to change their game. I don't like their playmakers on offense, and I think their defense is really lacking. So I see the Colts finishing bottom of the division, but a healthy Andrew Luck would be a win for me for them. Uh, four to five wins. Third place in the division, I have the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I think the Titans, you know, they fired their coach last year. I don't think they needed to do that because I didn't see an improvement coming in. I like Mike Vrabel. I think they're going to get after the quarterback on defense, and they're going to be a pretty competitive defensive bunch. But they're going to have a pretty tough schedule this year with that playoff schedule. And uh, I just, you know what, I could see them regressing a little bit to six, seven wins. Moving up to second place in the division, I'm going to have a little bit of, of a surprise here. And I think the Jacksonville Jaguars digress a little bit and come in second place in the division. Uh, I saw them as a bit of a flawed team last year. I know they were a lot of fun, but look at all of those defensive touchdowns they had. They're not always going to end up as touchdowns. And if they need their offense to score for them, I don't trust Blake Bortles. He's probably my least trusting quarterback in the AFC. You know, you listen to Chris Sims enough, you're going to believe that this is a flawed offense. And if they make Blake Bortles beat you, I think they're going to lose some games. They're going to play the Patriots. They're going to play the Steelers. They're going to play a lot of tough games where I don't see them winning all of them. And I could see them falling to nine wins after their big breakout year last year. And maybe that'll kick them in the boot and say, hey, listen, we got to replace Blake Bortles. And number one in the division, I have the Houston Texans taking that next leap. I think on offense, they have a very stout bunch. Uh, I could see them, you know, it's a tough division to guess because it's just, it could go any way. I could see any one of those teams really winning the division, but I'm going to have the Texans because I think Deshaun Watson is the real deal. I think that at wide receiver, they have a lot of playmakers, especially with Fuller and Hopkins on the outside. And then at running back, Lamar Miller is steady. Their defense is very good. I see the Texans winning the division at 10 wins, too. It doesn't take a whole lot to win the South for me this year. Moving West. Really like uh, this division, too, but I'll go right to the bottom. I think the Oakland Raiders made a huge mistake trading Khalil Mack and paying John Gruden. Uh, Gruden's bringing in a lot of old veterans that I think are a little past their prime, and I think you're going to see a lot of problems in this division this year. I think they come in fourth, and I think they win four games tops I see them being a contender for the first overall pick as much as I like Derek Carr and I like Amari Cooper outside of that I really don't like anything on their team to third place in the division this is where it gets a little tough but I'm going to say the Denver Broncos uh, a lot of people are picking them to be the you know sleeper for the playoffs I don't see it uh, I know Case Keenum had his magic in Minnesota last year he was on a much more complete team in Minnesota this team in Denver while a lot of people want to like Royce Freeman, Rolls-Royce, uh, he doesn't hasn't done anything for me just yet to prove that he's worth the all the hype of being like, you know, this next big-time rookie running back. I think we're forcing it a little bit. But I do think they'll be an improved bunch from last year. I think they'll be competitive. But uh, at the end of the day, I see them winning six to seven games and finishing third in the division. At second in the division, I have the Kansas City Chiefs, who won the division last year pretty early, too. They they started out so hot, but 
Uh, I think Patrick Mahomes will run into a little bit of problems. They'll have a very dynamic offense with Kelsey, Hill, Hunt, and Sammy Watkins, and Pat Mahomes being able to sling the ball wherever he wants. It'll be a very exciting team, and I think Mahomes is the real deal. In terms of AFC quarterbacks, I could see him taking the reins as like the next big-time guy. But for now, I see them as the second-place team, 9-10 to 10 wins. And then at the number one spot in the AFC West, I have the San Diego Chargers. They just aren't missing anything. I know they're going through a lot of injuries right now, but they have a quarterback who's been there. They have a running back who can carry the ball 300 times if you need. Uh, they have playmakers at wide receiver all over the field. And at defense, they have some of the best pass rushing duos. I think Joey Bosa steps it up this year as like possible defensive player of the year conversation. And I think they win the division at 10, maybe 11 games. Uh, it's going to be a very tight division. I'm excited to watch AFC West games. I really want to get more into those. And then we move north. Fourth place. Shockingly, I do not have the Cleveland Browns. I think the Browns are out of the cellar. Bottom place team, I think, is the Cincinnati Bengals. I do see them regressing a little bit this year. They just they don't have an offensive line that I love. They don't have a quarterback that I love. They don't have a running game. I mean, uh, you know, Mixon's nice. AJ Green is a really nice player outside, but he's never really been that game changer for them that they need because I don't think their defense has gotten any better. Um, I see them playing tough and getting five to six wins, but I don't see them as anything better than that. And I think with an improved Browns team, that means they're in fourth place. Third place, all right. This is where you'd probably think I would pick the Cleveland Browns, but you'd be wrong. Um, I don't like the Baltimore Ravens. I think they stink. And Joe Flacco is going to regress this year. And then at some point, they're going to have to go to Lamar Jackson and move on from Joe Flacco and his team, uh, which will probably be good for them in the long run because they'll free themselves up with that money. They do have some nice receivers with John Brown and Michael Crabtree, but I don't see it as a playoff team. I see it more as seven to eight wins. Their defense is getting older. I don't love their team, and I think they're just going to be in every game. Sometimes they win, sometimes they lose. Uh, coming second in the division. This is where I put the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think there's more deeper problems with Pittsburgh than people want to admit. I know I'm a homer, and I think Pittsburgh still got a very good offense when they pulled all together, but they lost on Haley. Right now, Le'Veon Bell isn't even around. James Conner, I'm sure, is going to play well for them, but I think they have problems on that offense and I don't love their defense either I I know they but as long as Joe Hayden's out there they have a cornerback that can get burned on every play they still don't have Ryan Shazier and they never properly replaced him and it's good to see him walking around but he's not going to be playing football for them so I do think the Pittsburgh Steelers take a slight regression this year and fall to nine wins uh and then number one in the division I have as my Cleveland Browns. First, the negatives. Look, they've won one game in the last two years. That's not lost on me. I understand how tough this can be, you know, winning football games. But what did they do? At the three worst positions they had, they had no playmakers at wide receiver. You know, last year they had Ricardo Lewis and uh, Kenny Britt and Corey Coleman out there, guys that were either unproven unmotivated or unhealthy and now they have Jarvis Landry who is as proven as they come uh Josh Gordon who seems to be pretty healthy and when he's on he's one of the biggest playmakers in the league and then they also have Antonio Callaway who's yes he's unproven but he has more skill than any of the guys they had last year not to mention a very improved Rashard Higgins they revamped one of their weakest positions in wide receiver and made it a strength. Uh, their other revamping they did was at cornerback. They had a pretty good front and that just improved with guys getting healthier this year in the front seven. But the back four was where it was really tough last year. And you saw a lot of bad schemes from Greg Williams. You saw a lot of 
questionable play calls, but I do think that he's improved that so far from what we've seen in the preseason. As long as he doesn't line up his men in Lakewood, uh, I think they're now Jabril Peppers is lined up in the right spot. I think Demarius Randall's set at free safety. And the rotation they have at guys at cornerback, I think this defense is going to be very competitive for them, and I think it could be the best in the division. And on offense, look, I know I talked about wide receiver. David Njoku is going to be a very improving tight end. They have a three-headed monster in the backfield with Carlos Hyde, Nick Chubb, and Duke Johnson. Uh, they're losing Joe Thomas. There's no way around that. But if Joel Batonio can be serviceable at left tackle, I think they're going to be set on the offensive line. But the most important thing is quarterback. The one thing that they haven't had. And what did they do? They went out and drafted Baker Mayfield, number one overall. They're not forcing him in. They have Drew Stanton on the bench with him, teaching him how to be a professional quarterback. And the guy on the field, they have Tyrod Taylor. Yes, the quarterback who took the Buffalo Bills to the playoffs last year. I think he can get this team to 10 wins this season. The Browns go 10-6 and six with this schedule, which it will be tough, but they'll have to win three of those NFC South games that they play. They're going to have to win those games when they go out West. But I see the Browns breaking through being the most improved team in the NFL and getting to that 10-win plateau and making the playoffs. Now, AFC playoff time. I think the Patriots get the one seed. The two seed goes to the San Diego or Los Angeles Chargers. The three seed goes to the Cleveland Browns at 10 wins. And then the four seed goes to the Houston Texans. That'll be right at four, seed, four wins as well. And I think the Pittsburgh Steelers make the playoffs as a wild card team. And my other wild card, it's very tough. I think the Jets make a push, but not quite enough. I think uh, the Ravens will also make a push, also falling just short. It'll come down to the Chiefs and the Jaguars for me, and I think the Chiefs make the playoffs over the Jaguars, uh, sending the Jaguars into a we-need-a-quarterback conversation. And then in the playoffs, I have the New England Patriots and the Cleveland Browns facing the AFC Championship game, where the New England Patriots will edge out the Browns on January 20th in New England. Uh, I will see you there and I will be there wearing whatever you know orange I have to show pride in my team. But the Patriots win the AFC and face the Los Angeles Rams in the Super Bowl. L.A. to Boston should be a very exciting game. And I think the Los Angeles Rams win the Super Bowl over the New England Patriots. Uh, I think it will be another close one. The Patriots always play close Super Bowls. But it should be a very exciting time. So that's my pick for the NFL season. Uh, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Oakland Raiders will be the bottom two teams and picking one and two. And then I think the New England Patriots and Los Angeles Rams will be the top two teams. Both one seeds, both making it to the Super Bowl. Should be a lot of fun. Most improved teams I have as the Cleveland Browns and the San Francisco 49ers. Um... And then at, I'll go through my awards as well. My MVPs, it's really tough. Um, on, on I'll go conference by conference instead of offense and defense. Uh, the most improved player in the AFC, I'll take Patrick Mahomes. And the most, uh, I think he is going to be a stud quarterback for a very long time. And I think he's going to be a pro bowler right away. Possibly one of the top three quarterbacks in the AFC this season uh, and getting them to the playoffs. Uh, most improved player in the NFC. This one could is, is a little tough because you could pick like injury guys, but those are more like comeback players. So like, you know, Rodgers and Odell, like there are a lot of comeback player of the year type players. And I think it would be Aaron Rodgers because he would get them back to the playoffs. Um, but I think for most improved player in the NFC, I'm going with Jimmy Garoppolo. I know he looked great at the end of the year last year, but I think he gets them to the playoffs and he gets himself to elite quarterback status this year as well. Uh, comeback player in the AFC, uh, that's another tough one. Plenty of injured guys from last season. Uh, Who would I go with in the NFC? I went with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, for AFC comeback player of the year, Hmm, that one, I'm going to go, 
with Let's go with Antonio Gates, one of my all-time favorite football players. He was a college basketball player at Kent State. Uh, I think Antonio Gates, after retiring, comes back, leads the the uh, Los Angeles Chargers to the playoffs, uh, a veteran tight end that everyone loves. I got him as comeback player of the year. Okay, rookies of the year. Uh, offensive rookie of the year, uh, I have in... I have in the AFC as Sam Darnold. I think he will start the whole season and he will show that he can compete and he will be there and be the guy going forward. I think Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, uh, and Josh Allen all get their chances to show that they are uh, studs and, and worthy of being first round selections. But I, I think Sam Darnold is the one that's given the most rope, the most leash. You know, recently Colin Coward said, oh, you know, uh, the Browns don't trust Baker Mayfield. I, I don't think that's the case. I think they just trust Tyrod Taylor more. So, um, and I think the the Jets, you'll see a lot of Sam Darnold mistakes, but you'll also see a lot of why he's the future there. And then the NFC Rookie of the Year, uh, I don't think Rosen gets the opportunity. Uh, we'll just say Saquon Barkley. I know it's a very boring pick, but they're going to ride him into the ground. Uh, I'm, I still think passing on quarterback was a big mistake for the New York Giants, but if Saquon Barkley can complement this team and get them back to possibly making the playoffs, uh, I think it'll be uh, at least you know worth of NFC Rookie of the Year. And then Defensive Rookie of the Year for the AFC and Defensive Rookie of the Year for the NFC, um, I have Denzel Ward. I think he's going to be AFC Defensive Rookie of the Year because he is going to be put on an island against guys. And listen to this list. Antonio Brown twice. A.J. Green twice. He's going to have Michael Crabtree twice. That's not tough. That's not hard. That's not easy either. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Michael Thomas. Okay. He's going to have, a like that's half his season already, is against elite wide receivers. Mike Evans. Okay. It, the list goes on and on and on, and I think if the Browns do what I expect them to do this year, Denzel Ward will be a big part of that. And you saw what Marshawn Lattimore did for the New Orleans Saints last year. I think Denzel Ward has that same effect, and he is AFC Defensive Rookie of the Year. And in the NFC, I have a similar theory You know, in terms of what matters most and how to do that. I think Jair Alexander is going to surprise a lot of people. Uh, they heard the name, but I think he is going to be the best DB from this class. Uh, I think in the long run, he will be the best and has talent and swagger that will get him onto that elite level. You'll see like a Marcus Peters type player real soon in his career. Jair Alexander, cornerback for the Green Bay Packers as defensive rookie of the year. Now, We'll just go with Defensive Player of the Year in each conference and then Offensive Player of the Year. Um, in the NFC, Defensive Player of the Year, I'm just going to say Khalil Mack. I mean, I know he just got there. He just got paid. But this guy is going to be a tear in the NFC North. And then the AFC, I have Miles Garrett as Defensive Player of the Year. I think he takes that big bump and people see just why he is the number one overall pick from 2017. Uh, I think Joey Bosa should be in that conversation. Uh, I think he'll make a all pro season, but I think Miles Garrett is going to make that big leap this year. He looks unblockable. And then offensive players of the year, I think in the AFC or in the NFC, Aaron Rodgers gets back to his elite level and makes them a playoff team. And, uh, I, you know, hey, I would love to see it because I'm a big Aaron Rodgers fan and I would like to see the Packers do well. Uh, in the AFC, I see Offensive Player of the Year probably going to, I want, I would like to do something different than Brady, even though I see them as the one seed and it'll just be so easy to pick them. Um, I'm going to say Deshaun Watson, though. And I think that'll be another you know player in the comeback story uh, of this season. Yeah, I think he'll win comeback player and uh, offensive player of the year slash MVP, whatever you want to put it. Because I see you know MVP going Aaron Rodgers way as well. But Deshaun Watson makes that next 
big hurdle going forward. So that's my NFL preview. I um I have a lot to say. I have a lot to think about. The game kicks off in about like 20 minutes, so I think it's important to get those picks out there now. We're already running well past. I thought this was going to be a short episode, but I've just been rambling, rambling, rambling. Um, before I let everyone go, I um, also comment. You know, I want everyone's opinions on who they think will finish where. Give me some bold predictions. You know, I want to hear bold stuff this year. I was very bold. I gave you where every team's going to finish and how many wins they're going to get. That's bold. So I want to hear bold predictions from you guys as well. Um, I was going to review, to finish the episode, I'll make this some very quick reviews. Uh, Bachelor in Paradise and Hard Knocks. We'll start with Bachelor in Paradise because I've been teasing this for weeks. This season sucked. Um, it was so unwatchable. The last couple episodes have just been bringing back old couples, which I don't care about. I want to see these couples, but Chris has been pissing me off so much, and Crystal's kind of dumb for hanging out with him. He's such a, like, a slimy piece of garbage. Um... He's a hypocrite. He liked to, you know, throw stones at Colton, but then he does even worse stuff than Colton did. Um, I don't like any of the couples, really, and I don't care. Uh, they also announced that Colton was going to be The Bachelor, but you know what? They shoved too much of him down our throat this season that I'm already sick of him. So hopefully by January, I will be a little more forgiving and we'll be excited for the bachelor because I want to be into it this year, but man, I really like Jason. They were getting good momentum with him when they didn't announce that it was Jason right after the final rose. I thought, you know what? They're going to make it someone from paradise. And if it's somebody from paradise, it's going to be Colton. They're going to use the virgin angle. They're going to say the, you know, finally looking for the one and stuff like that. He fits the mold of bachelor. He's so much better than Ari, Nick Vial, Ben Higgins. He is young He's tall, he's athletic, he's so handsome, he's cute. It works. I understand why I'm picking him. Just don't force any more Colton on us, and I will watch in January. But Paradise sucked this year. I don't even know if it's over. I'm just done watching it. I uh, didn't even have a guest on because it was never worth talking about because all the episodes were such a drag, very predictable. And, uh, I mean, some of the guys were super childish. Leo looked like a fucking moron being a little kid. Um, but Hard Knocks, on the other hand, was great. Uh, I I do have my criticisms. And you thinking I'm a Browns fan, I was going to just say it was perfect, but not the case. I think there were a lot of things about this season that I didn't like. I loved the way it kicked off. I think they hit really well on the Callaway situation with getting pulled over. Um, the Coleman trade was a lot of fun. They showed lots of Miles Garrett, which I was like, uh, which I really liked. Uh, they showed a lot of Todd Haley. They could have done a little less Todd Haley, a little more Greg Williams. You know, they only show Greg Williams right at the end of episodes. Um, maybe a little less Hugh and a little more Greg Williams. But I like the the fact that they showed those three coaches. I think those were personalities you wanted on screen. On offense, they did a lot with Tyrod Taylor and a lot with Baker Mayfield. I would have liked a little bit more of the one on one with Tyrod Taylor, but hey. I, I, I also like the fact that they didn't get our in our quarterback's faces all too much, and they let them do their thing. Less rowback, you know, more of the guys that are going to make the team, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, I like that Flash Gordon got his space, so I'm cool with Josh Gordon not being on it as much, and I'm cool with Jarvis Landry getting a lot of the attention because he's he's good at that. He likes that. Would have liked a little bit more shine on Rashard Hollywood Higgins because he's had a great camp. I would have liked more of that. Um, but I did like the attention they gave Cowway. They did not give nearly enough attention to David and Joku, and they did not give any attention at all to the offensive line. Something that really pissed me off because I thought one of the best storylines was going to be the replacement at left tackle. Joe Thomas, Hall of Famer, super great personality, retired this year, the Iron Man of the NFL, and they didn't mention his name once. They didn't mention his replacement. The only time they were they mentioned Joel Batonio is when Brad Paisley forgot his name. You know, he was on a shirt and he couldn't even remember. He was like, oh, Mega Browns fan, doesn't even know who number 75 is. It's like, come on, you're better than that, man. So I thought they really dropped the ball with the offensive line talk. They could have did a whole lot there. Um, and they really dropped the ball with the, I mean, defensive line. They should have shown more of Miles Garrett. 
less of Orchard and Nassib. The one thing that I really didn't like, you know, they should have did more of Jannard Avery, more of Jamie Collins, more of, I did like the amount that they gave to Chris Kirksey. They gave nothing to the DBs, a very exciting, fiery group of DBs. And there was nothing on Terrence Mitchell, says Denzel Ward, or Jabril Peppers. He was never out there. Instead, it was all on these guys that were going to get cut. And I think this would have been a great year for Hard Knocks to experiment with less guys getting cut, more guys that are going to be impact players in the NFL. I think they get a little too uh, comfortable with these whole, like, you know, will he, won't he make the team? Because that's what they have had to do with the Texans and the Rams and the Bengals because there was less to talk about. But this Browns team had more to talk about, and I think they really dropped the ball by not going all in with some of that. Uh, there was no need for that much Devin Kajust. He was never going to make this team. There was no need for that much Nate Orchard. He's, you know, yes, he's a father of two. He's a really nice guy, but he was like a bust in Cleveland. There was really no reason to have him. Um, Carl Nassib was fun at times. I was shocked that he didn't he that he didn't make the team. I think that was a big mistake. He made the team and then was cut the day later. So I thought that was a mistake um, by the Browns. I was okay with the amount they showed of Carl Nassib because he was actually fun and entertaining. I just think the Browns really dropped the ball there. Uh, but yeah, they should have cut half of Kajus' time and give it to David Njoku workouts. And I want to know more about him. And they should have did a whole lot less with Orchard and given that more to the offensive line battles. Bob Wiley was a really fun factor this year. I didn't see that coming. Um, and then, you know, hey, I like Devin Kajus and I like Brogan Roback. I just didn't need that much of these guys that we knew weren't going to make the team. So I don't know. I had a really good time watching it. I'm definitely going to watch it again in the future, even though I'll be wasting a lot of my time because a lot of it's on guys that didn't make the team that never suited up for the Browns, really. Anyway, that's my spiel on Hard Knocks. It was a great season. Uh, one of the better ones they've had. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. Um, and that's not just me just being a, a uh, homer. That's me realizing how much they haven't had on the show in the past and how much they had this season. So Baker Mayfield, Miles Garrett were the super highlights, obviously, because they're the number one picks the last two years. Anyway, thanks for listening to my podcast. This was the NFL preview. It's now eight o'clock. I am ready to roll. It's I'm I'm running late. So I will talk to you guys later. Uh, please listen to the podcast. Hashtag the Jake and comment with your bold predictions of this NFL season. Talk to you. Peace.